This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about Simone Biles, an American gymnast and quite a competitor and winner. And we're talking about her courageous leadership under pressure. So I want to just mention just a few things about her credits. There's so many, I couldn't possibly name them all, but she's been an outstanding gymnast for many, many years. She's now 24 years old. She was originally born in Columbus, Ohio, and her mother, Shannon Biles, has a total of four children. Unfortunately, her mother was unable to care for any of the four children. So Simone then was in foster care for a number of years, and then ultimately she was adopted by her maternal grandfather, Ron Biles, and his second wife, Nellie Cayetano Biles, and both she and her younger sister were raised by her maternal grandfather, and her two older siblings were raised by the grandfather's sister, Harriet, and so they were adopted, and then they were raised in the grandparents' family. Now, in her case, she has seven Olympic medals. She has been in a number of championships, both world championships and Olympic championships, so that she has a total of 32 medals through all of those situations. She's five times been the world all-around champion, seven times been the U.S. all-around champion, and As far as world medals, she has the most, which is 25, and she also has the most world gold, which is 19. And at the most recently concluded Tokyo Olympics, she won bronze for the balance beam, and she also won silver as a team with the U.S. When she was about six years old, that was the time when she first tried out or even knew about or experimented with gymnastics. She was on a daycare field trip and she was so good at it that those who were watching her, they encouraged her to actually continue in the sport. So she went on to Bannon's gymnastics school and then she went from there at about eight years old to be coached by Amy Borman. And by the time she was 14, she was then beginning her elite career as a gymnast. Fast forward a few years, we find that after the Olympics in 2016, she wrote a book called Courage to Soar, A Body in Motion, A Life in Balance, and it became a number one New York Times bestseller. I think the title of that book is really very relevant for what I'm going to talk about today in reference to Simone Biles and why I refer to her leadership as courageous. One of the things she said in her book is she was talking about the fact that she was inspired by the love and encouragement of other people to reach her dreams. And it's her desire 
that many other people also reach their dreams. And so in one sense, I would say she's paying it forward to encourage and also to inspire other people. Now, if you know anything about Simone Biles, you'll know that she is known for her very unique and very difficult routines. In fact, she has a number of skills and moves and routines that are named after her. And some of her routines are so difficult, they almost have to put a warning label, don't try this at home, even if you're a professional. And in fact, she had lost some points on some of her routines because though she executed them perfectly and flawlessly, they didn't want to encourage other people less skilled to even attempt these very difficult feats that she was participating in. In the Olympics and Tokyo, she reached a point where she realized that she was not at her best and that she really needed to pull out of the Olympics and out of the competition, even though she was right there in the middle of it and had qualified for everything pertaining to it. And what I want you to know is that she's used to paying attention to her mind and her body. The reason why she was pulling out of the Tokyo Olympics is because of a condition that's called the twisties. People who are in gymnastics understand what the twisties are. They know what it's about. And for those of us who are not in that sport, what I'll say is that it's a phenomenon that happens when you lose awareness of where you are, where your body is in space as you're doing a difficult routine and as you're twisting. And one way of thinking about it is that normally the mind directs the body in what it is to do. When you have the twisties, the mind gets disconnected from the body and the body may do some things that the mind doesn't want it to do. Maybe you're planning to do a double turn and twist in the air and your body does a triple twist. Maybe you know you're supposed to land on your feet. When you have the twisties, you lose orientation and you don't even know how you're going to land. And you could possibly land on your head. You could land in a way that causes great harm and danger to yourself. It is a very serious and dangerous condition. And she's had it before. And normally, not so much during the Olympics, but when you have this condition, you really need to kind of sit things out until it resolves. And you don't know when it's going to resolve. It might be a few days. She might have it for two weeks. It varies from person to person, circumstance to circumstance. I don't think they completely know all the reasons why people get the twisties, although it's been identified more as a mental health issue. But keep in mind, there is a strong mind body connection. So you really can't divorce the mind from the body. They go together. When you notice that they're operating independent of each other and they're separated, there's really not much you can do about it in that moment and in that time, except for give yourself a break and a chance to recover. And then when you recover and the mind and the body are reconnected, then it is safe to go ahead and do your gymnastics routines again. One of the things they do say about the twisties is that they believe that it is triggered by a significant amount of stress. And of course, the Olympics is very stressful, but you know, Simone Biles, this is not her first Olympics. She's been to the Olympics before, whether it was that, some other things, a combination of issues, we don't know. We do know that 
in her past history, aside from the early years I mentioned going and being in foster homes and so on, and finally being adopted by her grandfather, she does have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and she has to take medication for that. So that's one of the physical things that she also deals with in her life. And she was one of quite a large group of U.S. gymnasts who was also sexually abused by the physician, the team physician, Larry Nassar. So, of course, that is a stress as well in her life. And she's been very outspoken about that and the impact that it has on her life and also the lives of other uh, gymnasts as well. So we don't know what these current triggers are, what could have been making all this happen, but all of that was certainly in her history and her background. And she also had in the remote background, the other issues I mentioned family-wise and so on. Later, while in the Tokyo Olympics, it also came out that her aunt died while she was there. So it was really a tough period of time, a really difficult period of time for Simone Biles to go through. Now, she, again, as I mentioned before, is used to paying attention to her body and her mind and the connection. And so one time when she was in Doha, Qatar at a world championship, she had these pains in her stomach. And so she went to the hospital there because she feared perhaps that she might be having appendicitis. They diagnosed her as having a kidney stone. It wasn't appendicitis. And since it wasn't appendicitis, she returned back to the championship and she went forward and she got uh, team gold. She had the highest scores of anyone in the vault, the uneven bars, the floor exercise. She excelled. So one of the things I want to say about Simone Biles is that some people have unfairly called her a quitter. Simone Biles is not a quitter at all. She's an elite athlete who's dedicated to her craft and she used wisdom in her leadership decisions in Tokyo. And so what I want to share with you are some of the things that I've identified that I think make her a courageous leader. So number one, going into the Tokyo Olympics, she was one of the older gymnasts. So she knew that she was a mentor to the younger girls, and she's also a role model to them. She had helped them to prepare for this moment and to be ready to win at the Olympics. Knowing then herself, when she had this bout and episode of the twisties, she realized that she might jeopardize these young ladies' opportunity to win a medal at the Olympics. Because when you have the twisties, your body's not really fully in your control. And therefore, she may have made errors and done things that could have jeopardized their team's success, for sure, which would have jeopardized these young ladies' opportunities at the Olympics in Tokyo. So that's number one. She knew she's a mentor. And they're watching her to see how she's making decisions and what she's paying attention to as well. Secondly, and this wasn't really second, but she also made a decision for her own safety. I think this is huge. So many people would say, oh, well, you should just suck it up and drive on. No, when you have a very serious health condition, whether it's physical, whether it's mental or both, you really need to listen to your body and do what's necessary. And she understood the dangers of proceeding in this condition, 
there have been other gymnasts who suffered concussions, other gymnasts who suffered paralysis as a result of falling on their head, breaking their neck, and so on and so forth. So this is quite dangerous. And she, she said, you know what? A medal is not worth more than my health, not worth more than my life. So she was actually prioritizing the right things, prioritizing her own health and safety, prioritizing also the opportunity for her teammates to be successful, knowing that she was compromised, even though she hadn't planned on being compromised. In fact, she came into Tokyo feeling that she was in tip-top shape, body in great condition, not expecting that the mind and the body would disconnect from one another. I think that number three, and I already mentioned this about giving her U.S. team a chance to win medals unhindered, that was a part of it. And then number four, she really spoke out openly about the importance of attending to mental health. And as I said before, you know, whether it's mental health or whether it's physical health, it's important to pay attention. And a lot of times people minimize the impact of mental health and they think, oh, you can just push through mental health. Mental health issues are serious as well. And she was making that message loud and clear. The same way that she spoke out against the sexual assault, the sexual abuse that the team experienced under the team physician. And she spoke out against the USA Gymnastics Association for not listening to the complaints, for not protecting the girls, and for not taking additional action, which should have been taken at the time. So again, she's being courageous in speaking out about these matters. Now, even though she stepped out of competing in these events at the Olympics, she did not check out of the Olympics at all. So the next things I just want to share with you are some of the things she did to show that she was still committed to the process and committed to her team. So each day she checked in to check her own status and to see how am I doing Am I able to even return, you know, to the competition? And she still had the twisty. She actually went to a local Tokyo gym where when you fall, there's some cushioned area. So there's no way you can really hurt yourself to practice and to see where she was. So she was dedicated in doing that and checking out her situation every day. So that would be number five. Number six, she also saw the team psychologist a couple of times during that week to make sure that she would be cleared to return back to the competition. Really important. A lot of people don't always do this. With number seven, she remained on site, as I've said, even after she withdrew from the competition because she's a leader of her team and she was there to cheer on her teammates. She's a true consummate team player and professional. And not only did she encourage and cheer on her teammates, number eight, she cheered on the Chinese gymnasts who ended up winning gold. China won gold and silver. And the one who won gold, you could hear Simone Biles' voice loudly cheering that young lady on. And when that young lady got off the balance beam, as is the custom with the gymnast, she hugged her competitor and genuinely was happy for her competitor winning the gold. 
That's sportsmanship at the highest level. To see talent, to see ability in someone else who's on a competitor team and still to be happy for that person and to cheer that person on. That's what Simone Biles did. So number nine, I would say she's an encourager. She was one who took the situation with grace. There were some other athletes in other sports who, when they lost in their individual competitions, stopped off the field, having a temper tantrum, wouldn't participate with their team. Simone Biles showed in character who she was. She stayed. She encouraged. She helped whomever and wherever she could. That's really huge. And then the last thing I would share is that when she finally did do her final competitive act, which was the balance beam at the Olympics, understanding she still wasn't 100%, working with her coach, she modified and she simplified her balance beam routine to make sure that she could accommodate her condition. And that's what leaders do. Leaders have to be agile and flexible in the moment. They have to be able to make changes according to how the conditions have changed. And she didn't assume that the conditions would be the same. She didn't try to pretend like the conditions were not the conditions. She listened to her body. She made decisions that were the right decisions given what she observed. And she tested that every day. She still practiced to see if anything had changed. She took advantage of the professionals that were around her, including the team psychologist, to bring in every possible means of support and help. And then in the end, she modified the routine so she could still participate. Maybe it wouldn't be a gold level performance like maybe she could have done if she was at her best, but it was bronze and she won the bronze and under challenging and difficult circumstances. And my hat goes off to her in doing that. So what I want to say about leadership when I think about Simone Biles is this. Leaders often have to make unpopular decisions. Decisions that other people may not understand because those leaders see what other people can't see. She knows about the twisties. She knows about her body. She understands the whole picture and the dynamic. Those who are criticizing and those who are pointing fingers from outside, they're not competing at her level, most of them. They do not know what they're talking about. So she had to decide in the midst of a lot of unfair criticism. Simone Biles is far from a quitter, as she was falsely called. She's a courageous leader. She showed her team commitment. She showed her relentless spirit. And most of all, her excellence of character in all that she did. And so today, I want to end our segment with a special reading from 2 Peter, the first chapter, starting with verse 5 and going through about verse nine. And these scriptures just make me think about some of the character qualities that I see in Simone Biles. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, 
to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So what I want to say is we can all take a leadership lesson from the playbook of Simone Biles. And as an American and U.S. citizen, I am proud to have Simone Biles represent us on the U.S. gymnastics team, showing courageous and excellent leadership. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.